Hi, my name's Jeff, and I'm trying to get a date. It turns out these days, that's not the easiest thing to do. It's not for lack of trying. I've downloaded all the apps, I read all the articles, and I tried my best to put myself out there. It's just that so far, it hasn't worked out great. But, I came up with an idea. If I'm no good at running my own dating apps, maybe somebody else will be. So here's the plan. Every episode, a new person gets the keys to my profiles. I tell them what I'm looking for, and they get to choose my pictures, they get to write my bio, they tell me who to swipe on and who to message and what opening lines to use when I do. Then, we find out if they're any better at it than I am. Maybe I'm lucky, and I learn something about myself and dating apps along the way. Maybe I'm really lucky and I find happily ever after. Or maybe I'm just headed straight for a swipe out. So, we were out to dinner. Myself, Jeff, you, Ben, and your partner. And your partner was like, Hey man, I know you're struggling to get a date. What? How are your dating apps, right? Like, I want to look at them. Can you tell me how good they are? And I was like, well, like, I've heard a lot of advice. I've heard a lot of people say you should do this, you should do that. You shouldn't have your cats in your pictures. You shouldn't write something funny for your bio. You should write something sincere, blah, 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 blah. And eventually, your partner was like, well, I'll just run them for you. Yeah. And at the time, I was kind of like, haha, that's a goofy idea. But a couple of days worth of thinking and a conversation with my therapist later, and I was like, hey, that could actually work. That could be kind of fun. So that's that was the initial idea that sort of spawned this podcast, right? right. And as we've wrestled with it some, I think that there is still potential for it. We're kind of, we're making this up as we go along, right? We're, we're kind of discovering... The idea for the podcast as we bring it into existence. Um, I think the focus is going to be on, hey, let's bring some people on the podcast and talk about what makes a good dating profile, how you put your apps together, what you're looking for in a picture, what do you think about this in the bio and then the bio and that sort of stuff. But I do think there's potential for your partner to also take over my apps. Right. Um, so that's the plan. That's what we're gonna. That's what we're gonna do with this podcast, or what we're gonna try to do. I guess we don't know exactly how it's gonna work out. We'll see. No, this is this is uh, this is where it all begins. Yes, that's well. It began in episode zero as we were still concocting the idea, but whatever. That's for the that's for the behind the scenes section. Yes. Um, and so, I mean the the format of this episode, right? I I see you have the agenda mm-hmm. there, so. We just want to go through what that's going to look like. Yeah, so we're going to, we have already started talking about the rules of the game, and uh, I'm sure those are going to come up as we go along, right? Again, we're we're kind of doing this in media res. We're designing this as we're making it. Um, so that's the start. Uh, we're going to go through me, personally. Hi, my name's Jeff. I'm trying to get a date, and I'm asking people for help in making my dating app profiles better. Um, so we're going to talk about who I am, what I'm looking for, and then a little bit of what I've tried so far, sort of the, I, I, as I've been on dating apps, I've, I've had a lot of different ideas for what makes a good one or what might get me a date that I've tried mostly without success. Um, so we'll go through that. Uh, my friend and co-host and producer Ben will, uh, maybe give a little bit of his perspective and experience and then. Uh, depending on how this episode gets cut together or whether or not we do it in a, a separate episode, your partner's going to come on and talk about, uh, her ideas and how she's going to go about this. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, since we still don't really know even how this episode is going to shape out, we're not really certain 
how episode two looks. Right. But, uh, but ideally, uh, what we can spend a lot of time on is what you've tried, uh, from the last person's advice and what has worked for you or what hasn't worked for you or that type of thing, right? And maybe somewhere in there, we do let some people loose with the profiles and we get to talk about their experiences pretending to be you for a short order. <laughs> yeah, at least at least selling me. Um, that is one of the things that I want to be aware of as we go through this process is that there is some... I even still have a little bit of trepidation about being disingenuous. And that's not to say, like, I'm I'm comfortable moving forward with the idea because... You know, friends have their friends look at their profile and which picture should I pick or what should I say is my opening line to this person. And that's as far as I'm ever going to let it go anyway. But I do recognize that there is something a little bit out there about me making a podcast around making my dating app profiles better and getting help for it. But also, and we talked about this a little in episode zero, there is a certain amount of that that's almost kind of secondarily serving the objective because it is my expectation that if I find a partner in the future who I jive with, it will be because they're the sort of person who would hear about this and go, hey, that seems kind of cool. Yeah, I think uh, another piece of uh, what we want to be careful of and, and what we talked about in episode zero, right, is not trying very hard not to cross that line of I mean, I don't want to call it catfishing, but... but yeah, like, I mean, it, it's not that's not exactly what it is, right? But it's a fair verb, right? Misrepresenting what you're interacting with, right? If you're using a dating app, you have a certain expectation of like, okay, there is a person on the other side of this who I am talking to, right? And at the end of the day, that will be true no matter who decides what's written in my bio and who decides what opening line I use. No one's going to represent themselves as me except for me. Right, and, and there's no... There's no uh, little bug in your ear on the first date no. or anything like that. I'm, uh, I'm not taking this to an impractical <laughs> joker's level of, uh, of uh, commitment. Hilarious though that would be, I think it would also be an entirely separate product. Yes, agreed. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's the plan as far as the game goes, as far as the podcasting format. Um, I don't know how long the idea is going to last. I, uh, I guess we'll see... If and when I get a date, how they feel about it, and how I feel about it on the other side of this. But uh, even then, I would love for this to just be, like, an opportunity to have these conversations, right? As a single guy who's been using dating apps for a while, it is my experience that pretty much everyone has their own idea of what's good versus what isn't and what you should and shouldn't do. Up to and including Google, which is very frustrating as somebody who usually tries to Google the answer to everything. Um, you can go and read the article that's like, okay, as a guy, you, uh, should never have a picture where you're looking straight at the camera because it's too intense. And then you scroll like (laughs) one thing down and it's like, all right, make sure you're always looking at the camera because otherwise you're going to look disingenuous. And and I think we'll find a lot of that, or my expectation is that we'll find a lot of that too, just talking to people, right? Is that everyone, as with anything, has their own style of going about it and their own preferences and uh, I hope we find things that help you get the person that you're looking for. But what works for them, what they're looking for, is going to be different than a whole slew of other people out there, right? Yeah, I think it's I think it's an important thing to kind of keep in the back of your head that like I am just I am a guy, right? I'm not every guy. 
and no uh, girl or non-binary person that we talked to is going to be representative of their gender or lack thereof either. Uh, it's very much like, a, I think that's the dirty little secret, right? That's the null hypothesis is actually whatever works for you is what works for you because that's the sort of person you are and the sort of things you're looking for, right? right. Which I think is one of the things, not to get too far ahead of our agenda here, one of the things that I always struggled with when I was on dating apps and also in a similar position of like, do I seek out help or do I not, is is like, well, the person out there for me is going to get me, right? So if I just if I just present me on the dating app, then the person right for me is just going to get it, right? Like, like, like if they don't get it, then they weren't right for me. So that feels wrong to me. Yeah. That's a, that is a existential struggle that I have as well, right? That sort of sense of like, well, if I do anything disingenuous, right? If I do anything that isn't, is misrepresentative of me, if I don't do exactly what I would do, then I'm not going to attract the people who like exactly what I am. Right. Right. I think as I've thought about that idea and I dig into it a little deeper, I think there's a little bit of wiggle room underneath, which is that like, well, probably the person who fits your puzzle piece exactly doesn't exist and they're never going to. You're looking for somebody who fits mostly that you can kind of change shapes with and around into like a healthier version of both of you that work together. Yeah. Right. And that there's also even there, there's some malleability, right? I think we're, we're going to get into this and we can sort of transition into that from here naturally. But there are things on my list that I have here in front of me, things that I've considered of like, what am I looking for? What am I not looking for? What am I turned on or turned off by? What are my green flags and red flags? Those things are not immutable, right? right? They do change and their priorities change and that's okay. And I think that leaves room for, okay, in that case, maybe you can put some thought into or get some advice on how you format your profiles and what that's going to attract. Right. And I mean, part of what we talked about in episode zero too is I don't think, right, We, t I don't think you need that perfect fit, even if that is what you're looking for, for the first date. You might discover that they are a perfect fit after a couple of dates and the dating profile isn't a perfect representation of who you are, of who they are, and, like, getting to lowering the barrier for that first date is an important part of this, potentially. Yeah, I think um, I want to actually echo a thing that you said to me there, and I think it's a, a, this is a, important to me because it's a thing that I had never thought before. Mm -hmm. It's a perspective that I had never been given, which is basically, like, you and I share a corporate life, yeah. and uh, the sales team that we interact with, they stack rank things, right? Yeah. When they go into a prospect or an opportunity, they have a list of things that they're looking for and a list of things that are more important and less important, but they don't have to get the whole list to give somebody a call, right? They yeah. only need a couple things on the list to go, okay, this person is worth trying to explore uh, like a, a business opportunity if, with. if the rest of the things are there, even though they're not openly apparent, it, it's worth checking if the other things exist. Yeah, and that's a thing that I had sort of, I had never, I had not up until this point at least been approaching my dating life with the same perspective, right? Mm -hmm. I had been kind of living in a space of, well, I have to find the perfect person before I invest any energy into them. And even saying that out loud, it feels a little naive in hindsight, but I think it's easy to kind of get into that emotional trap, especially as like, I'm in my 30s, I've, I'm, I've had relationships in the past, and I've sort of played around a little bit, quote, I'm doing big air quotes there, which is going to work great in the audio podcast. Um, 
I thought that I have, I, I feel that I have a pretty galvanized idea about like what's going to work for me, right? And as I've gone through this process, I've started to recognize that number one, maybe I'm not the perfect judge of what's going to make me happy. And number two, I think it's more malleable than I give it credit for, right? I think the, I think the case is it's, it's okay to find someone who looks like they might fit and explore than to try and find someone who's perfect, especially via the vector of a dating app where you get like, however many hundred words to try and sell the entirety of your person and imagine that, okay, in that case, I can easily identify my soulmate out of a pack of people. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So my partner just walked in. Hi. Hello, everyone. And we were just about to talk about Jeff's values and what he's looking for in a person. So, Jeff, if you want to take it away. Yeah, so for... For the rest of the run of this podcast, I guess, at least insofar as we have it planned out, my current idea is trying to get me a date. And part of that is knowing what I'm looking for in another person, right? It could also be useful just, I guess, maybe for, like, some people listening might be curious what I think when I'm looking at uh, dating apps and what things sort of, like, make me swipe right, what make me swipe left, etc., etc. So uh, we're going to go through that. I formatted it in such a way, so I have three headings. One's green flags, so those are things that generally, if nothing else is wrong and one or two of those things is right, I'm going to swipe right on that person, right? And, and it's funny because it's like, it's the smallest heading. And, and just to pause there, right before this we were talking about how many things are enough to pursue someone. So, it, so is that a green flag? You said one or two things is enough to swipe right on. Was that before or after our conversation about limiting the number of criteria for yeah i guess so it's funny this is a this is an interesting tangent but i think it'll lead into this conversation naturally i have found as i've been considering these things i am much i am much more of a like how do i put this an anti-negative swiper than i am a positive swiper if that makes sense i am mostly look for things i don't like and if i don't see any of them then i'm like okay that's good enough right i'll I'll give that a shot right so i tend to I do more ruling people out than I do inviting people in, as far as my swiping is concerned. That's right. Um, so we can... L- let's get the list out, and then yeah. maybe we can talk about, like, how many of these criteria have to be true or not true, and where are they on the ranking system, right? I think that'll be especially informative in the red flags, because there are some red flags where it's, like, it's pretty much a no-go, and there are some where it's like, okay, I could probably get over that, but something else really cool would have to be true. Yep. Right. Um, so we've got green flags and red flags, things I'm looking for and things I'm definitely not looking for. And then we have vibes. Vibes are, uh, yeah, this was your idea. The idea is, is basically like more nebulous things, things that I think are true about me and true about the person I'm looking for that maybe it's going to be harder to write or identify on a profile, but like guiding principles for this process, right? I think there's going to be a lot of room for interpretation in that section, and uh, maybe we'll have lots to talk about. So let's start with the easy thing. Let's start with green flags. Biggest green flag for me, the thing that I guess the the thing that I am really looking for are shared hobbies, mm-hmm. right? That is a thing that and apps, in my experience, are pretty well optimized to find those, right? It's easy to put on your profile. I like X, Y, and Z, right? And in my case, X, Y, and Z looks a lot like video games, board games, musical theater, the things I do with my free time. Having that crossover in a potential relationship for me 
is super important, right? And and I guess I, I want to be clear that I'm judging this off of like potentiality for a long term partnership rather than a fling, right? That's 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 what we're that's my target for the most part. Um, so shared hobbies is a big one, right? I am the sort of person I think that in looking for a partnership, I'm imagining someone where we're not we're not necessarily going to spend all of our time together, right? I don't expect we 100% of our existence is overlapping. But I want to feel like at least some amount of our shared leisure time isn't going to be a struggle for us, right? It's like, okay, hey, I want to have people over on Thursday to play a couple rounds of this board game. You're not going to begrudge me that, right? You're not you don't have to like do that for me as a favor. That's important to me. That's green flag number one. Green flag number two, silliness. I wrote sarcasm slash silliness. That's a hard thing to articulate. I think that's easier for me to go like, I know what it is and I know what it isn't when I see an example, but it's harder to really drill down into exactly what I mean by that. Um, that's going to come up later in the vibes. In the vibes. That's, uh, that seems like more of a vibe than a... Yes. Yeah. But I think you can pick out, like, I am definitely more attracted to, like, the pithy, silly profiles than I am the... And it's not to say that I don't even... I do appreciate earnestness, but sarcasm and silliness grabs my attention faster, personally. Um... Number one, shared hobbies. Number two, silliness. Number three for me, and this is a this is a tough one, but we're on mic. I'm gonna admit it. Physical attractiveness, and I guess when I say that, I have a relatively traditional view of physical attractiveness. Now, that's not to say that like uh, I have a singular type, because I really don't think that I do. I think that I have a pretty, uh, I have a fair range of people that I am attracted to. Um, but it is important to me that a person looks like, number one, looks like they take care of themselves, right? Mm-hmm. Looks like they, they, not, not that they're like built or they go to the gym every day of the week or anything like that, but like they're healthy. They care about how they look and how they feel and how they take care of themselves. And also that they have a certain amount of evident confidence, I guess, a certain amount of Ownership of their own skin, I guess, is the way that like I put it. Like, they carry right? themselves well? Yeah. Like, like they don't have to look like a Perfect Ten supermodel. I don't think real people do look like that, right? We all know that every magazine cover you've ever seen is airbrushed. That's fine. But, um, I personally, I'm looking for a little bit of a, like, yeah, man, I may not be a model, but I am cool. Right. I'm, I, I know that I know that I'm worth something. One of the things that I've always answered the question of what's your type to is like, well, I don't really have a type, but what I am looking for is that like everything goes together well. Right. There's not one part of it that feels out of place. Right. It, it, <laughs> what does that mean? A, a well curated individual. N- no, but like like. I mean, a lot of times to, to go to the stereotypical male expression, are you a boobs man or an ass man, right? And it's like, what people mean when, when they're asking that has changed, actually, in my lifetime experience. But what it originally meant being a young, pubescent, straight male was, do you like, or do you care about big boobs or do you care about a big ass, right? And it was like, no. And I was like, oh, so you like small ones? And I was like, no, I just want something that like flows together well. 
right? Like, like the, the whole, whole thing fits, right? And I, I don't want... But this is like an ideal that we're discussing, right? I mean, yeah. Okay. And, and that's and a I set think... of physical traits, right? Right. But I, I think I extrapolate that to like the whole individual. And I, I guess I'm talking about physical attractiveness. So I am talking about like the full combination of traits. It is that sense of like, that looks like a, a, a person who like comes as a complete package, right? right? Not to say that any individual piece of them is perfect or like any individual piece of them is standout, but they are comfortable in their whole skin. Yeah. The, right? the, the, the package is a complete package. Yeah, that's a that I is a that's so subjective, and I only say that because I feel like if I was listening to this, I would be like, I wonder what they would mean. Like I genuinely but, wouldn't know. But but it is subjective, right? And and I think physical attraction and non physical attraction are both subjective. I mean, and I can own my own subjective. We can go a step yeah. further, right? I can own my own subjectivity, which is femininity. Generally, someone who is not. Uh, this is a this is a hard thing to like articulate in a way that I feel is appropriately sensitive, but I'm just gonna say someone who isn't doesn't appear physically unhealthy from a weight perspective, right? Now I'm not a doctor, I don't know exactly what that means, right? But in my head, what is attractive to me as a subjective human is someone who is no. of a of an evidently culturally traditionally attractive weight body shape profile. Someone who embodies some amount of traditional femininity, and someone who I was gonna say is cleanly, right? But sort of like has a has an evident self care routine, right? I actually am a little bit turned off by like too much makeup or too much artificiality and too much. Like I I don't really love the other end of that spectrum with like really long acrylic nails and like being super dolled up all the time. Again, from a subjective perspective. But, but all of this to say, I think the most important part of this isn't that we are necessarily diving down into Jeff's subjective preferences for physical attractiveness, just that we are acknowledging that that is an item on the table that is subjective. And for any listener out there who is coming here for anything, be aware that physical attractiveness is a consideration and that will get different mileage for different people. I guess that's a good, that is a, I think a, a thing that is worth articulating, right, is that everyone's got a different set of physical features that they're looking for, right? right? Just because you aren't on my list doesn't mean you aren't on anybody's list. And I think that's probably, I think I, maybe this is the romantic in me, but I do sort of fundamentally believe that everyone is on somebody's list, right? right? I think that, I think that I have a set of physical features that I am struck by or interested in that I think that I'm looking for but even if you aren't on my list that doesn't mean you're on nobody's list and vice versa right I know mm -hmm. I'm not on everybody's list and I don't really expect to be that's that's a hard thing to control for I can only present what I am but I can also accept like yeah man I might not be everyone's cup of tea and not everyone is my cup of tea right, right. there is a there is a factor here that we're where I want to consider right I think we could make a whole spin-off podcast that is just we would never have to show anybody else's picture, but we could sit down and just I could just not even look at profiles, just look at pictures of girls and try to justify like why I find them attractive and it would be hilarious, 
because a hundred in, we would realize that I have no idea what I'm talking about. But, right. but, but also, too, when you'd put your foot in your mouth and then also, we'd, get okay. yes, we'd get canceled. Guys, we get canceled. We're like Loki borderline going to get canceled for this. I, I, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that I have a, I have a physical preference profile. Yeah, right? it, it, acknowledging that physical attractiveness is important in a long-term relationship and it is different for everyone and that it is a factor in this podcast. I think that is just being realistic. And it's also like, it's in the green flag section, right? It's in the surface level considerations that I make when I'm swiping. It's kind of how the apps are designed. One of the only things that you can see about a person is how they look, what they put in their pictures. So. No, I understand. I was just more asking for additional information for when I (laughs) sure like when I'm there, that's because when you say you just want like a whole package, that means nothing to me. So I can, needs to give I, me. I, some I understand. Information. When we get to your section, you can grill them all the questions you want. Yeah. Okay. If you want to later on in this podcast, if you want to ask in this episode, if you want to ask me, okay, describe your ideal physical woman. I will do my best to articulate it for you. But for, for now, suffice for now, to say that physical attraction is a thing that I think about when I'm swiping, and it is in the green flag section. Yes. So those are my only three green flags, right? And again, the fact that I have so many more red flags than green flags kind of tells me that when I swipe, I'm doing it from a mindset of, like, I'm weeding out people I don't think I would be happy with rather than looking for people I would be happy with, right? I'm, I'm sort of willing to take a stab on anyone that doesn't hit the negative criteria. By saying so, in your defense of the conversation we just had, you're naturally prioritizing physical attractiveness at the bottom of the list, because you just said green flags are the least important thing. I guess that is, that is true, right? <laughs> that it is, it is fundamentally true that I am much more likely to swipe on someone that I'm not necessarily immediately physically attracted to, at least based on the pictures that are in their profile, if they don't send up, send up any red flares, mm-hmm. right? That I, I will much, I, there is, there is no one pretty enough to get me past my red flags. Right. So let's talk about them. Um, this is, this isn't in a particular order yet, but I think it'll be interesting to talk about, like, what the order is afterwards, but I'm just going to go down in the order that I wrote them first. Top of the, the, the start of the list is religion or politics that I disagree with. I'm a very liberal human. I'm an atheist. I, uh, am pretty radical in both of those perspectives. I'm not the kid that I was in high school where I wanted to fight with everyone I disagreed with and I wanted to shove it down everyone's throat, but I am still sort of pretty staunchly in those philosophical camps, and I feel pretty strongly that I would struggle mightily to be in a partnership with someone on which I disagreed with those sort of fundamental topics, right? And there are people for whom their dating app, like the third line is, a good man has a relationship with God, and I'm like, okay, I hope you find him, but it's not me. That's that's fine. There's a really interesting asterisk to put on that one there for a couple that's dating from different backgrounds. So, what? <laughs> I'm I'm genuinely so, curious what you mean by that. So so something yeah. to talk about later. Oh, okay. just become from different backgrounds, and it it has come up in our conversations. But this is for Jeff. Right, but I think it's an interesting... This is from Jeff's perspective for everybody. Right. If there's insight here where I might eat crow and go, okay, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Maybe I could get along with someone who I had a fundamentally different philosophical perspective than. That would be interesting Mm -hmm. to know. But you and I don't have different perspectives. We have different backgrounds. And that's where it's different because we're talking about 
We're losing the thread, which is why I tried to put an asterisk on it so we can talk about it later. <laughs> that did not land with <laughs> did, me at all. Didn't work. That's okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we can come back to that. But for, for right now, my impression is, if you, if, to be happy, you need to go to church on Sunday, or you need to vote for the people with the little R next to their name on the ballots, I think you and I are probably going to have a hard time getting along. That's my current feeling. Just to clarify, though, what if they feel they need to do that for them, but they don't feel their partner needs to do that? Is it important to you that, that they are aligned with you or that they are respective of your stances? I guess I will, uh, I will own. I don't even think I could really get along with, because I can coexist in a world where people have differ, differing viewpoints from me, right? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm okay sharing the earth. It's very big. And the amount of oxygen on the earth, there's a lot of that kicking around with people who I disagree with. That's fine. But I've got a two-bedroom house, and I've got two cats, and I've got a life, and I have that life in a certain shape. And I think even if someone was like, listen, I'm going to go to church on Sunday mornings. You don't have to come if you don't want to. I, maybe naively, but at least it is true, I currently believe that that's just like a fundamental incompatibility, right? Even if you could leave it all at the door and be like, yeah, I'm going to go have this relationship with God, and then I'm going to come home and have a relationship with you... I don't think, I don't imagine that that would work. Which is, in my opinion, completely fair. I just think it's an important thing to clarify, right? Yeah, because I, I think some of these red flags, I mean, red flags is like the colloquial we use now, but really that's more, like, you're really getting into some, like, big values here. I mean, yeah. And that's where I think it's hard to be like, it's not just a red flag, this is, like, my value. I want my person to share that. When I, when I identify it as a red flag, what I mean is, it's a, it is a primary reason to swipe left, right? Mm -hmm. It is, I took this from the perspective of, like, if I see this, I'm not matching with this person, right? right? That is, that is why I call it that way. We could... We can recategorize it with a, another name if that makes more sense, right? I don't mean to present it as this is a problem in a person. It's just a problem that I identify with my compatibility with them. Right. And and I've talked about this with you before, but I really like the term compatibility because I don't think in any relationship, any one person is responsible for bearing the weight of the relationship. I agree. I, 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 I think it's a compatibility thing. I mean, we can, I'm, I'm comfortable right now. It'll be a bitch to edit and go back and run, change every time that I said red flag to incompatibility. But I'll own it right now and say, this is a list of incompatibilities, right? These yeah. are a list of things that I identify as incompatible with me. Yep. And therefore reasons that I swipe left. Uh, second thing on the list, I, I put this in quotes because I think it deserves explanation, but a redneck lifestyle. And what I mean by that is someone who... To a greater or lesser extent, hunts and fishes on the weekends, goes four-wheeling, wears a lot of camo, listens to a lot of country, wants to talk about trucks and sports and stuff. That's a pretty broad topic, and it's a culture that I, I, I feel, because of the place that I grew up and the culture that I grew up in, it's easy for me to imagine what I mean when I say redneck lifestyle. Maybe that isn't obvious in general. I think they would call it country. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. It depends on where you come from, what you think redneck or country or any of those things means, right? But what I'm... What, and it's funny. It is it is sort of the opposite of the compatibility that I identified earlier in terms of shared hobbies. This particular subset of hobbies, I just don't think... 
that is so antagonistic to your... Antithetical, right? It's just like, it's not that I don't think that people can have fun hunting or fishing or four-wheeling. I just so don't get it. I'm so uninterested that I feel like it would be a deal breaker, right? I feel like it would be a, it would be a chemistry killer because I'm so not like, I just don't want to go fishing. I don't want to go hunting. I don't want to talk about trucks. That's, it's not that I don't think they can be fun. I don't think they're for other people. I'm just not that into it. There's another asterisk here. Okay. We'll come back. Um, another thing on the list for me of incompatibilities, uh, this is a, I think a pretty simple one, but a big one, poorly formatted or grammatically incomplete and incorrect profiles, right? People who don't use complete sentences or punctuation or do a lot of like, is it called lead speak anymore? I don't know. I'm, I'm a millennial, so I don't know what I'm talking. Yeah. Lead speak is when you use symbols and numbers to like. Yeah. You like use numbers like instead of letters and then, and then like shorthand and acronyms and all that sort of stuff. Right. But I would have called that lead speak because I'm old now, but that is generally like, that's another incompatibility, right? I am a pretty verbose human. I'm pretty outspoken and I'm kind of like, making an effort in my profile or have been historically making an effort in my profile to like give a relatively complete picture, right? I'm trying to show up to the table with as much information as I can give you as possible. So when I see a profile that is something along the lines of if you want to know, ask, and it's like there's no comma and there's no period and you is just the letter U and want is W-N-T, I'm like, okay, you're using this app in a different way than I am. That's fine, but I don't. I don't think that means we're going to get along. Yeah, I don't think I'd call that lead speak. I think I'd just call that like texting shorthand. I mean, I think I'm inclined to. I'm inclined to. My my feeling is to make a value judgment and call it laziness. But that's maybe more than I'm prepared to commit to. I think I am comfortable saying you can format your profile however you want, but that that puts me out, right? Uh, which I think. Then goes back into, like, that feels more like a vibe. Yeah, that's fine. Um, hey, maybe maybe some of these belong in different categories than I put them in. That's why you guys are here, so that I can talk about them and I can get better at this. Um, here's another thing that is uh, less specifics and more just content style. I wrote severity, right? I, I put some example phrases in here that I've seen. No games and don't waste my time, right? If your profile says something like that, that generally says to me, okay, I won't. I'll go somewhere else, right? I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to waste anybody's time, but if your perspective is to sort of like, if, if, I guess, demand of me that I engage with you in a certain way, that's how it feels to me, then I'm just like, okay, I don't, Wait, I don't, I don't need no to. Games no, no. My we understanding. Just thought about, okay, because we, we, we've talked about yes. this prior, and I was like, well, that makes sense because board games are such a big thing <laughs> for right. you. But I just realized now, no games mean something else. Uh, <laughs> no board games. I think it also ever. maybe yeah, right that that would be a pretty solid <laughs> incompatibility, as it turns out. I've got a significant board game collection. That would be a rough thing to get. We'd have to have a talk. But um, I think it belies like maybe part of. Uh, a difference in the way that I'm using apps versus some other people, which is just like, I'm I'm on there looking for a partner, right? If I have a sweet hookup because I'm insanely lucky, I'm not going to complain, but that's not really what I'm after, right? I think some people are using apps as hookup engines, and I think some other people feel the need to, like, specifically express in 
short order that they are not, or at least they don't want you to think that they are, right? And that that energy just puts me off. It makes me think, okay, I'm not like I'm I, I'm not playing the same game as you. We probably shouldn't waste each other's time. Right. I, I think there's a reasonable conception in my head, and I guess I'm assuming it's reasonable. I have no study to attest to it, but someone who has that in their profile has learned from their mistakes uh, without a better way to say that, which means they have had at least some number of experiences with people that were... That they would classify as games yeah, or and, wastes of time. And, and, they're, and so they're trying to rule those out. That's a good one because I've done that with Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> Not for dating. <laughs> but you know how like if you list something on Facebook Marketplace, people come back to you with like they'll try and barter, which is cool. That's like if that's what you want to do, that's great. But you have to be really explicit if you're not there for that and you just put a genuine amount of dollars of what you want for yourself. And maybe that's their version of that on, like... <laughs> that's a, that's an interesting parallel, and I think a very prescient one, right? Where there is a certain amount... I guess that says to me... Baby's got burnt. I, I'm looking to negotiate, right? I'm coming to the table, and I think we're... I think we need to negotiate, right? I, I don't... I, I, I don't think that either of us knows exactly what your ping-pong table is worth, so let's talk about how bad you want to get rid of it and how much money I've got to give you. Right? But if you don't want to do that, if you don't want to negotiate it, you're just yeah. like, I want this, and if you're going to give it to me, great, and if you're not, you can go away. That's totally fine. That's just not the way that I'm playing the game. I, I think, uh, and this can also go to Ben Puzz later, but I think one, one of the most, my perspective on that kind of thing, one of, one of the ways it is the most misguided is I think the person who is there for games isn't going to care that you had that in your profile. Yeah, that's, I, <laughs> we can we can definitely speak to the larger philosophy of like, man, nobody who's gonna respect you and like not waste your time and and not play games with you needs to see it in your profile, I right? Guess they don't not enough of a deterrent. They don't need to be instructed to, to not play games with you. If they're gonna play games with you, they're not gonna read your profile, and if they aren't, they already weren't. Right, right. I I do sort of agree with that. But uh, I'm not putting it in my profile, so I don't need convincing. That's an interesting thought. I'm going to mull that over. <laughs> it does work, though, I think, with uh, Facebook um, Marketplace. We'll, we'll discuss it. <laughs> so someday, someday. Um, I've only got two more. We're almost we're almost to this this uh, apparently very it's, it's a section that's making me feel uncomfortable because I'm having to own all of the things that I don't like. I'm having to go on record as saying I'm not that into this, and that's scary for me. I it's hard having an opinion. Yeah, but, I would be scared to but, do this. I, I understand. It's, it's also what we're going to be asking every one of our sure. guests to do, right? Sure. Is what are what are the red flags for you? Because I might be hitting some of them, right? So, so I think part of this whole thing works by direction. Yeah, if, I can, if I can't, if I can't own my own preferences, I can't ask anybody else for theirs. Yeah. So, oh gosh. So this is me. This is me owning my preferences, right? This is me. This is me. Uh, putting my money where my mouth is and saying, yes, this is what I'm looking for, this is what I'm into, and this is what I'm not into. Uh, two more. Two more incompatibilities. Um, this one is 
again, kind of hard to address. Uh, this one, I, I hope it's obvious that I don't ascribe any sort of, like, moralistic value to. It's just where I'm at in my life. I don't think I'm ready to have a partner who already has kids. And uh, I make absolutely no judgment on anyone who does. I think kids are cute. I think kids are great. I do uh, still sometimes consider whether or not I'm going to have a family in the future. But I don't think I'm ready to be in a kid's life. Um, I'm getting myself figured out and uh, taking care of myself in a way that just... It doesn't feel like I'm ready to take care of a kid, too. So I'm not, I'm not necessarily prepared to volunteer to do that. Again... Not a value judgment on anybody. It's not anything. It's not anything that I'm going to come down on anybody for. Just not what I'm looking for. Uh, none of these are. I guess I shouldn't have to qualify that one because none of these are. Everyone can do their own thing, right? It's just about whether or not it's compatible with me. Um, last one. This is another nebulous one. It's hard to describe, but uh, hopefully it will make sense. I wrote drug use as a personality trait. I personally drink. Socially, or to relax, sometimes. Um, I've been high... I've been high once. Uh, it went real bad because I'm dumb. Not because anyone did anything wrong. It's just I had hubris. I tried edibles. They didn't do anything, so I tried a bunch more edibles, and they really did something, and it ruined my night. I'm not against uh, recreational drug use, basically, at all. And I'm even open... I'm open to a partner who recreationally uses drugs or drinks or any of those things. Whatever relationship you have with those things is fine. The thing that I think I'm incompatible with is if, like, that's your life, right? If Part that's of a your leading, identity. Yeah, if that's a leading trait of your identity is... I get high all the time and I think getting high is, like... It's a thing that I want everyone to know about me, right? Which, again, totally cool if that's the way you want to be. Just, I don't think going to work for me. Is it... So, clarifying question... I think that can mean a few different things. One is you could have a concern that because they define their identity with it, it's such a strong value to them that they're going to impart it on you or they're going to push it on you. Two is um, that if they're using that as part of their identity, then their identity is shallow and not as deep as you'd like. I think those are two very different things, and I'm kind of wondering which camp you more lean towards. I'm not... I, I, I guess I'm going to maybe disagree with both, but uh, we can explore and see where it goes, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not really worried about being pressured into drug use. I'm pretty comfortable with my relationship with, like, mind-altering substances. I think there's room in my future for more experimentation, but I'm not necessarily, like, cracking at the... chopping at the bit to make it happen. Um, but I'm also, like, I don't really make any value judgments on anyone who does. And again, I'm pretty open to a partner who, like, smokes on occasion or uh, enjoys edibles or mm -hmm. does whatever else, right? I'm not worried about keeping space for myself with that. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe I want to argue with this and I can't. I do think there is an aspect of it that's like, man, if you get five pictures for your profile and one of the five that you picked is, here's me with a big fat blunt, that just says something to me about your life. I, I make a judgment about your life based on that. That I don't like, right? That I'm uncomfortable with. What? <laughs> Sorry, I was just thinking about how I've never seen a fat blunt in my life. <laughs> 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 I was like trying to imagine what that would look like. I guess that's I was the just that's like a cigar. <laughs> they kind of do look. I guess it depends that, on what you get. It gives you room. Um. So, 
I guess I can articulate the difference more cleanly, right? Which is like, if your profile says, yes, I get high sometimes, I'm fine with that. If one of your five pictures is you, like, smiling like Bob Marley on an album cover with a big fat blunt, I just don't think you and I, I think you and I live separate lives, right? Yep. And I think it even is maybe belongs in the, the not the redneck lifestyle, but it's sort of the same bullet points with a different color on it, right? It's, it's just a, like, it's you a have, different vibe. Again. Yeah, you have a different vibe, you have a different hobby profile than I do, and that's okay, but I don't think our lives are going to fit together very well. Yep. Okay. Those are my compatibilities and incompatibilities. Those are the ones that I'm aware of. What do we think? I mean, I think uh, at a high level, I think the uh, barrier to entry of a first date is part of what we talked about before, part of what we should talk about now. And I think that there's definitely room for human error on the other end of creating the profile, which means... Uh, Anna over there is, and Anna's not a real person, <laughs> just to clarify, uh, Anna over there is getting advice from her 420 friend, oh, you should have this picture in yeah, there. Yeah, because it makes it, you look, like, super fun. Yeah. Right? I mean, maybe this is a good time to talk about, like, how do I weight these things, right? Because yeah. I think, I, the question that I keep asking myself is, like, if everything else about this person was perfect, would this stop me, Right. right? And I think both of the lifestyle incompatibilities, the quote-unquote redneck lifestyle or the drug use as a personality trait, I could get over those, right? If the perfect girl for me is out there and she also likes to hunt and fish, I'll deal with it, right? I can get, I can get over that, but I think. What would, what, what would it mean that they would have to be the perfect girl in order for you to, like, I mean, work on one of your flags? What are we actually looking for? We went day? on, like, we, we've gone on dates, and I'm madly in love with her, and everything else is great, right? Like, I, I can't find another complaint except that these these hobbies are different, right? So you would actually swipe, like, wait, I don't know which... Right is good. You would swipe right on some of these that have red flags, potentially. If you actually were honest with yourself, knowing, like, this is not, like, a forever If it's the only red flag, like, I guess that that is what I'm saying, right? From a mechanistic perspective, from a purely interacting with the dating app perspective, if the only red flag is the hobby incompatibility and everything else is good, like they're attractive, their profile is silly enough that it sounds good, and their other hobbies sound like things that I would be into, they just happen to do these other things too, then yeah, I would swipe right for that person. Okay, so... Okay, so they're like kind of red flags. They're like pink flags. Yeah, I, I, we can call them yellow flags. Yellow that's flags. that's oh, yeah. that's fine. Um, they're, they're, they are incompatibilities, but they are not severe incompatibilities. Compared to... I have not so far seen the profile for a person who has a kid or a person who is deeply religious or deeply conservative that I would swipe right for. I just, they, 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 I haven't seen it yet. And that's where I think that's a value. Yeah, I I think. Except for, I think that having kids isn't a value here in this case. I think it's just more of like logistically, it would just be so. You can call it a logistical value, right? That's why I like the word incompatibility, right? I think that's a fundamental incompatibility rather than a surface level incompatibility. I think that's a good way to put it, right? I mean, the the fact of the matter is no matter no matter what the appearances of the profile is with regards to drug use or 
hobbies that lean uh, redneck, there is always room for variability in that. If you have a kid that is a true or false value, that is not a like, okay, well, if you go fishing on the on <laughs> Tuesday and Wednesday, but then you come home and we play board games, I can work around that type thing. It's, you got a kid, yeah. right? Um, and that is very life-changing, and I think I think it is more life-changing than probably the other two. <laughs> I, think, I think it is fine to call that, and I think of, of the my incompatibilities, right, I think a religious or political difference, I think having a kid and I think having a poorly formatted profile, I think those are fundamental compatibilities, right? Those are the three things for which they're basically non-negotiables, right? I am... I have yet to see a profile about which one of those things is true, and I still want to swipe right on it. Can we talk about your vibes? Sure. All right, guys, let's talk about vibes. All right, let's talk about vibes. Um, vibes. So, this was harder, for sure, because these are things that are in my head when I'm swiping, but they aren't criteria, right? They aren't... I don't necessarily feel like I can read them in a profile, right? I'm doing a lot of inferring about, like, here's the information that they're presenting. Can I synthesize that into a reading on whether or not this thing will be true or that will work for this person, right? right. For the for the compatibilities and the incompatibilities, it's really easy to be binary. Is this true or isn't this true? Okay, swipe left, swipe right. This is much more vibes-based, trying to get a feeling for things. Um, I don't necessarily believe this is a complete list, but it's my best first pass. So let's go through it. Top of the list for me... Don't take yourself too seriously. Uh, you guys were mentioning as we were going through the compatibilities, talking about the silliness and the sarcasm, or the the, the don't waste my time portion. Um, I am a person who thinks humor is really important. I love to make people laugh. I love to laugh. I just, like, the, the medicine for life is humor and laughter, and I need it like I need water. So that's, like, it feels... Like, I have to be very wordy to articulate it, but it feels like a very simple concept, right? It's just like, listen, we need to be able to laugh. We need to be able to laugh with one another. We need to sometimes be able to laugh at one another and at the things that we do, at the world around us. Uh, my feeling is that the basis for a fundamental relationship that's going to be healthy for me is it's going to involve laughter. It's going to involve being silly sometimes. Um, next on the list, hosting slash planning. Um, those are not necessarily directly related concepts, but again, because it's a vibe, the vibe that I'm embodying here is the notion of, like, I'm typically the ringleader, right, of the social circles that I'm a part of, and I'm very comfortable in, like, when I get up in the morning, I want to have a good idea of how the day is going to go. Now, it's not to say that I'm inflexible, and in fact, that's the thing that I've been working on in my life, and I've come a long way in the past couple of years, but... I would rather have a plan that gets changed and then roll with the change in plans than to have no plan and assume we'll just figure out it as we go. Yeah. Uh, I think the I think the best way to articulate that is talking about the idea of like taking a vacation. I think it sounds like a nightmare to just like we're gonna buy a plane ticket to Italy and we're gonna land and then we're gonna figure it out from there. That would I would I think I would melt down. That's again. Not to say that that isn't a thing that someone could do and have fun with and have a great time with, and I'm, I know that they do. Like, yeah. uh, I know that people want that as a vacation. I don't. It would drive me crazy. I would freak out. I would ruin the trip for both of us. 
and we would break up, right? That's right. the that is the that is the end of the story, right? So some reliance on plans and planning and on hosting, on being the sort of foundational person in life to like, yes, I will be the the planet around which other people can comfortably orbit. You can come to my house, I'll sweep the floors, and I'll uh, do the dishes, and I'll make sure the, the toilet paper's changed. You just show up and have a good time. Um, self-development is my third vibe. Uh, personal growth and sort of a commitment to personal growth. Especially in the past six or seven years now, I guess. I've been through some pretty serious trauma in my life, and I've kind of owned it and grown from it and worked through it, and that is important to me as, like, a thing not only that I'm allowed to continue embodying and kind of get credit for, but I think I need that in a potential other person in my life as well, right? I think I will... I struggle with people who want to just be left to be the way that they are forever. That's not to say that it's not an acceptable way to exist. I think it is, and I think everyone has a right to decide how much, if any, growth and development they're going to do. But I want to do a lot of it, and I want somebody to come along for the ride, right? I want somebody to engage in that process with me. What if their values and growth differ from your own? Well, I guess I don't know exactly what that looks like, right? I have an idea of what growth means to me and what engagement and growth means to me, right? Like, for example... I am someone who's sort of, I, I, I go to therapy regularly already. Mm-hmm. I love my therapist. I think it's been very helpful to me. I strongly believe everyone should go to therapy at some point in their life. I think it, it can be helpful to you, even if nothing bad has ever happened to you. I think therapy is just good, objectively. I think a couple should maybe consider proactively going to couples counseling, right? Mm-hmm. Like, don't wait for there to be a big problem in your life that you need help dealing with. Go get the skills and tools to address the problems that are inevitably going to come up when you're still feeling good about one another and you're motivated to work on it, mm-hmm. right? So I guess that's like, that's a that's a specific nugget, but that is what it means to me, right? You don't have to have exactly the same goals as I do or the same targets, but to be prepared to engage in the same way and say, yeah, we can proactively go to couples counseling if we're feeling good about it or or something to that effect, right? Like, yes, let's work on projects together and some of those projects will be us. Okay. I mean, so... You just listed a big one, though, and both of the therapy topics are, for me, in the category of mental growth. Sure. So, for you, growth being a vibe, personal growth being a vibe, does one of the ways that they want to grow personally have to include mental growth? What if, what if you find someone who does is motivated to grow themselves personally... But their growth is on physical and professional things. I guess you are right in asking me if, like, would I be happy with someone who loves the gym and loves their career but never wants to go to therapy? I think probably the answer is no. Right. I think I am speaking specifically about health, especially mental and emotional. Right. I think physical is a part of it, too. And it definitely has been true in my life, like going to the gym and losing weight and getting, like, physical struggles addressed has been part of addressing mental and emotional health for me. But I think the primary thing that I am concerned with is mental and emotional growth, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, next thing on the list for me, this one, is a, this one is a harder one to pin down. I'm curious if you guys will even really know what I'm talking about here. But uh, I wrote having a tribe. So 
having relationships in your life that are so, like having a having a group of people rather than having like an extended network of acquaintances or friends having a small network of close friends and like i guess i tribe is the only way that i can think to articulate it we call it a community yeah a, a close knit community of people yep. right and and i'm i i i don't i don't know what the perfect word is i don't even know if the concept will translate but basically just like yeah i want I don't necessarily want a hundred friends who are going to show up to a house party as much as I want half a dozen friends who we can go on vacation with. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the, the distinction for me, right? I don't want, I don't want 25 people we see once a year. I want five people we see once a week. I think that makes perfect sense. Uh, it doesn't translate on the podcast, but, uh, Ben gave his partner, uh, a knowing glance, I would say. Uh, maybe that'll come up later, maybe it won't. That's up to them. Let's talk about me some more. Uh, because we haven't run that course already. It's the point of the podcast. I'm gonna have to get over it. Um, next bullet point on the list for me. Intellectualism. Um, I'm not sure if I know exactly what the definition of intellectualism is, really. But the word, as I'm trying to use it in this case, is, like, someone who is interested in learning and not being smart, but, like, engaging with the world in an intellectual and academic way, right? Like, I don't need you to know everything. I definitely don't know everything. But I place a value on, like, knowing things, learning new things, and on, like, approaching problems as things that can be, like, unpacked and solved and thought about. And, like, I engage with life in a very sort of intellectualism-forward way. And I think that's important because I think uh, I've been learning how leading with your emotions is another way that you can engage with life. And it is a thing, it's sort of a skill that I've been practicing is also kind of letting my emotions through. But I think if someone primarily leads with their emotions and doesn't give a lot of room for the intellectualism, we're going to clash, right? I think we're going to struggle if like, if you relate to your world entirely by your feelings and I relate to my world mostly with my brain we're going to run up against, like, that's, we're going to have arguments where you're like, I want you to understand how I feel, and I'm going to say, no, but this is what's actually true, and then everything is just going to, like, crash and burn. Um, not to say that it's not a problem that can't be worked through, I think it can, um, but I think the, you'd have to, like, learn a give and take there, right? You have to learn how to have a conversation around that. It's one of my vibes, right? These are much more nebulous. These are not, these are not red flags. These are not necessarily incompatibilities. These are just my ways of being in the world and what I think would work for me. Do you have something you want to add to that? <laughs> All right. Ben's partner is completely uh, shook, silent. shook their head. <laughs> um, I've only got four more vibes on the list. I know we've taken a lot of time already. Who knows how many podcast episodes this is going to be, but we'll work with it. Next on the list for me, and I think this probably, if I were going to rank these, would be near the top. Maybe the first or second, even. Um, it would be in comp- probably be in competition with don't take yourself too seriously, but, um, kindness. Um, I'm not a perfectly kind person, um, but I really do care about, like, equity and fairness and, like, not, I guess, justice even to a certain extent and just, like, good vibes and positive energy and, like, wanting other people to be happy, right? Everyone, I I do believe that everyone is sort of, like, as a baseline, fundamentally selfish because we're biological machines designed to reproduce. But 
I care a lot about just, like, being nice, right? And doing nice things for other people and kind of doing it for its own sake, right? Like, yes, I want to I wanna buy our friends dinner sometime or I want to, like, I want to show up when they're having a hard time. Um, that sort of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. That's a very, and that's very close to my core, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's many layers towards the center of my being. Is like, at the end of the day, if you strip a whole bunch of other stuff away, what motivates me to be the way that I am is I just want to be nice and I want to like make people happy. So that's important to me. Um, next one is weird is often good. Um, what I, I, I guess I'm not even 100% sure if I can articulate exactly what I mean by that, but it's something along the lines of like, it's okay to be weird. It's okay to kind of be abnormal insofar as that normal is a construct to begin with. And even then, Sometimes it's preferable to, like, explore going against the grain and ask the question of, like, well, is this really weird, weird, or is this weird not the way everyone else thinks you're supposed to do it, but it's actually really good and cool and fun, right? I guess one example would be I'm pretty open about the fact that I'm in therapy, and I like therapy, and I think therapy is good for me, and I think it would be good for everyone. I think some people think that that's weird, right? I think some people experience me being open about my struggles with my mental health and my approach to working through those struggles as, like, improper or strange or, yeah. I have a pretty fundamental problem in my communication with lots of people where weird to me does not carry a negative connotation. It just means not the majority preference. And <laughs> and so uh, I, I've had this conversation with you. I've had this conversation with other people, but... I will regularly describe something as weird and just mean it's atypical, atypical and not the average and and the connotation that is received on the other end is. Oh, so you think it's bad. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I definitely don't. I actually, I'll even go a step further and I say, I think in some cases I even have an affinity for like weird. I think I'm more comfortable in like, not strange spaces, because I freaking have social anxiety and I hate going out to strange spaces, but, uh, like, intellectually strange spaces of, like, yeah, let's let's think about this in a strange backwards way and see where it gets us, right? Or, like, yeah, it's totally cool that you are, like, super into... Stamps aren't weird, right? Stamps are sort of the colloquially the most basic thing ever, right? Which is kind of now inverted into being a weird hobby. But that's kind of what, like, yeah, tell me about this thing that you're super into that nobody else cares about, I love that. I feed off of that. But, but I think I would even take it one step further, maybe, and, and maybe I'm, I'm wrong here for you, but it's less about... It's less about truly being atypical. It's more about owning what you think is atypical. And what I mean by that is, is I think the thing that you're trying to avoid and the thing that I would probably try to avoid is the type of person who has a conception in their head about what normal is and drives all their actions to that. Regardless of whether they're correct about what normal is, they are trying to be what their perception of normal is. Whereas someone who collects stamps uh, may own that like, this is my fun side hobby that I know no one else does, but this is for me. Yeah. 
I think uh, I think that's a good way to articulate it, and I think that that's like ninety percent of what I'm talking about. Really, is like yeah, I just want somebody who owns themselves, right, and what yeah. makes them unique, and is excited to share the things that make them different from other people, and like wants to sort of lean into those things. I do think there is ten percent for me that does go that one step beyond into like. If I found someone who was 100% quote-unquote, like, by the average culturally normal, I would kind of go, even if you're totally owning that, that's still kind of boring. <laughs> that's that's not, like, I don't think that's a real person anyway, so it doesn't matter. But uh, I do kind of, like, I am honestly looking for someone with a little sprinkling of, like, especially weird on top. And this is so weird about me, so you're just gonna have, <laughs> you're, so you're just going to have to accept this, but... I go to Starbucks for my coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would never go to Dunkin'. And again, that's that's other people can sort of they have their own perspectives on life, and what what's weird to them isn't necessarily what's weird to me, and vice versa, right? It's it, people can exist in their own spaces with their own perspectives, but I genuinely I like I like to watch the boundaries get pushed sometimes, right? I like to I like to sort of even be the guy. Not that I I, I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I don't want to push beyond anyone's healthy boundaries. But I do sometimes like to play with, like, the society's boundaries sometimes and to see, like, oh, is this, like, a place that they tried to keep up, this fence that they put up in our brains with our culture to keep us out of this thought space? Is it here for a reason? What's on the other side of this? Let's go over here and let's just see. And, like, maybe it sucks and it's scary and we should hop the fence again. But sometimes you find out, like, oh, there's some pretty flowers over here, and sure, they're kind of thorny, but if you're careful, you don't get pricked. Um, two more. We're doing good. Uh, healthy balance is the next one on my list. Um, I don't... That's a really broad vibe, and I think I mean it in a broad sense of just, like, I... I can articulate this with an example, right? Which is, I have trouble relaxing on any given day, if I don't get some stuff done at the start of the day first. And that's the thing that I'm working on, is just, like, allowing myself to rest. I think part of that is, like, a, just an internal struggle and some growth that I need to do. But I really do believe that I will be happiest on the days where it's, like, I got some stuff done on some things that I really cared about, and I worked really hard on some stuff, and I took some time to rest and recuperate and relax, and I had that healthy balance, right? That extends to, like... Balance in the relationship as far as, like, we do something you want to do, we do something I want to do. It extends as far as, like, okay, I let the dog out to poop in the morning, you let the dog out to poop in the evening. That's sort of, like, and that even does go back to the sort of the kindness and the justice vibe as well. That sort of sense of, like, equality and egalitarianism and that healthy balance in all things, right? Is that I, that idea of probably... Even the best thing 100% of the time is not going to be good forever, right? So we need to we need to find those opportunities where we can change things up or mix things up and keep ourselves in the healthy, the green zone in the middle. Um, last one for me, and this is a vibe, this feels hard to ask for or to imagine that I want because this is the thing that I am working on, but maybe I am worst at sometimes, and it's healthy confidence, right? And we kind of got into it with the physical attractiveness portion in the compatibility section. Having someone who... there There's a difference between someone who has, like, pride to the point of, like, it gets in the way of their ability to relate to other people versus someone who has, like, no self-confidence and no self-assurance and kind of can't relate to the other people for that. 
versus a healthy amount of like trust and belief in oneself without being overly absorbed, right? That like again, talking about balance, kind of shooting shooting straight down the middle of I know who I am, I know what I'm about, I know what I'm doing in this world, and it's a constantly developing process. I don't have a perfect picture, but I'm owning it and I'm working on it and I'm like I'm gonna show up to the table and I'm gonna be me. You can be you, and you're not going to get in my way, but also I'm not going to get in your way. That's really important to me. I think that's probably the difference between, like, self-actualization and validation, right? Um, And not to say that necessarily one is more real than the other, but I think there are people who are seeking approval, right? And, uh, and need to, or, or feel the need to present what they are so that they can have your approval. And there are people who are content with their approval of themselves, right? And I think that's what you sort of mean, right? Yeah, and it's, I don't want to go so far as to say that, like, it's always unhealthy to want approval from other people. Because I don't think that that's, I mean, I'm... One of my hobbies is performance and community theater, right? I love to get on stage in front of people and have someone clap and go, you did a great job. That feels great, and I don't think there's anything fundamentally unhealthy about that. I do think, though, that for that to be healthy, you kind of have to show up with enough of a baseline, enough of a healthy, and I think self-actualization is a great way to put it, enough of a healthy baseline of self-actualization that you're getting the, the seasoning of the attention or the seasoning of the validation and the positive affirmation from the people around you. And that can totally support you, but you have to support you too, right? It has to be both. You can't rely on one and not have the other. And you also, I guess that's a good way to put it, right? You can't rely on one and not have the other. You can't be exclusively self-actualized because then you're like way overly prideful and you like don't leave any room in the world for anybody else. And you're just like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. and Everyone else can get stuffed. I'm not looking for that. I, I think that's... I might even go so far as to say that's an objectively bad way to exist in a world where we have to, like, share with other people. Cohabitate. Yeah, like, I don't want to... I'm not looking to date Elon Musk. On the other hand, I do think that there are people who rely exclusively on external validation and are really seeking, like, the only way that I know that I'm good is if you tell me. That's... That's also not good, right? I really That's thought that, on the other hand, would be about Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm just... Fundamentally, I do not want to date Elon Musk. Okay. There's the... Uh, Elon's got a lot of money, and it's not enough to make me date him. Okay. Those are my vibes, I think. Those are the vibes that I came up with when I tried to list the things that, like, I think I'm looking for in a relationship and in a person who could be in a relationship with me. Alright. So, we didn't make it through... All of the agenda that we had planned, uh, but we did make it through a big three. Which, which is good. That means we've had a lot to talk about, and maybe this is a good idea for a podcast. Right. Which so, makes me happy, at least. So we got the general format for the show. Uh, we talked about... Uh, did we only get through two? We got through your uh, red flags, green flags, and vibes. But we kind of only segmented that as two separate topics. Um and to continue in episode two, we will talk about what you have tried uh, and what your perceived success and failures were. And then we will let my partner here uh, take the reins of her opinions about what she wants to do. 
Yeah, we'll do some more discussion. Maybe episode two, again, I said it at the start, we're kind of figuring this out as we go, but maybe episode two ends up being like, okay, the first person to give advice on how Jeff's dating apps works is Jeff, yep. right? And maybe that's another good way to establish the baseline. Yep. Um, before we go, before we wrap up our official episode one, I have some news, and I think it's going to make you both laugh. I don't think it means anything for the podcast, but I think it's worth saying anyway. I have a date on Saturday. Congrats. Um, uh, I'm not going to go too deep into it, uh, at least not on mic, but yeah. um, What I'm doing has not worked a lot, but it does work sometimes, I guess. So (laughs) Excellent thing to talk about in episode two. Yes, I think so. Um, And uh, maybe in a future episode, you'll hear how that date goes. All right, we need a sign-off. Uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, I don't know exactly where this podcast is going to go, right? Uh, we're going to take it as it comes, but uh, thank you for your time. Good luck out there. Uh, try not to swipe out. <laughs>